Blog Talk Radio. And welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Guru Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Clifford Lowe of clifflow.com in scenic, scenic, New Jersey. And in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman of Conjurman Consulting in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by our special guest, Reverend James of folkconjure.com in North Carolina, for our Oracle special on Chinese Fortune Telling Part 2. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions, problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-host, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman. Miss Cat? <sighs> Hello, Clifford. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Um, uh, those who were in the pre-show call know why I'm laughing. Things were pretty frantic there for a moment, and Clifford <laughs> was the voice of calm. <laughs> And I hope to draw. I hope to draw a little bit on that calm, Clifford, because I'm still vibrating. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was going on just had more to do with the wonderful organization of the fabulous Hoodoo Heritage Festival, and of course, big changes come at at um, odd moments. And here we are, just about ready to go on the radio show, and all of a sudden, blah blah blah. But it'll all be worked out by. Uh, probably by 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, we hope. <laughs> so, we hope. Um, so it, things here are um, slightly hysterical, but I'm going to refocus. It's always hard for a person of my focal depth. Once I focus, it's hard for me to refocus. Um, we are finding that having reopened the shop, this is I think our third week now, we're beginning our third week, has become wonderful. People coming out of the work we haven't seen in years, bringing their friends, come one, come all. It's just delightful to have people at the shop again after two years. We really didn't know how much we missed y'all. And it's not the money that you bring. It's the happy faces, the interesting stories, the time spent together. Don't expect all of the other shop staff to spend time with you, but since I'm just there um, in between calls on Hoodoo Psychics and um, jump in and jump out, I can spend all my spare time talking and catching up on people's lives, giving Hoodoo advice. And the whole time I'm doing that, I am also labeling candles. So um, the owner of the shop has been reduced to the, the job of labeling candles I love it because I can do anything else while I do it. So things here are grooving along. I'm working on my book. We're working on the Hoodoo Festival, Gasp, Gasp, and things are doing pretty well. And um, I guess the, um, the the biggest news I have to report um, in, from the world of psychic 
affairs is that um, there's been another outcropping of what I call psychic um, reader vague booking. It's been very odd. It just sort of spreads contagiously where people start vague booking about other psychic readers or other spiritual good manufacturers or other candle ministries than uh, than their own, which are somehow deficient, wanting, not good enough, but they never name them. It's just this weird vague vague booking. And just in the spirit of gentle reminders to people, people who advertise their business by comparing themselves against non-existent bad people are usually doing so because they have nothing Mm. to say. Beware. If you go to a psychic reader who says things like, "Um, I hate when those psychic readers do this and that and the other. No, that's that's just puffery for their own service under the guise of having being a, a protector of the weak or an enemy to the evil. It's just a weird way of advertising. But it's so funny how these have just recently showed up on Facebook and Instagram, more on Instagram, actually. And they're just all over in the last week or two. I feel that they have something... Uh, spiritually to do with Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. I can't explain why, but I think that event put people into all kinds of moods and it's just carried down all the way down to the psychic readers losing their minds on Facebook and Instagram. That's that's my news of the, of the week. So beware. Stay with the calm and friendly people. It's ever so much better for you. Okay. In the in the in the clash between Chris Smith and uh, excuse me Chris Smith <laughs> Will Smith and Chris Rock in the in the clash between Will Smith and Chris Rock, be a Denzel Washington, okay, <laughs> or a Tyler Perry if you can if you can pull it off. Um, all right, how are things in your world, Conjurman? Things are uh, good. Uh, um, as ever, I'm thankful to not be part of the online psychic world. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, very every day I, I look in and I, or every once in a while I look in and I go, "Yep, that's a good decision." <laughs> I just stay mm-hmm. in my lane, do my thing, uh, and mm-hmm. live a very drama-free life. Uh, as little drama in my life as possible is perfect. Uh, just so, you know. It makes life easier. Uh, I have no hair to lose, so I refuse to participate in <laughs> Oh, you. Oh, you had to go there. Triggering, triggering. <laughs> I, refuse to, I refuse to stress myself out in any way, shape, or form. Uh, so it's been, it's been lovely on mine. I mean, the world is collapsing. Uh, that's, I mean, we should note that. And things are getting wild and crazy out there. Um, I, I do want to note that I've opened up my uh, appointments for May for anyone who wants to do uh, readings. I only have three, unfortunately, available. Uh, and they do go by relatively quickly. But if you're interested in a reading, do definitely uh, check it out. I've opened it up. I've been having a very interesting spate of diagnosis clients. So lots of clients are coming to me because they were, they've been looking for love and they can't seem to find love for long periods of time. Like, I've gone six years now without a date. I've gone four years without a date. Um, what's going on? I have to go to all these readers. 
They say love is around the corner. Why aren't things happening? And they're just trying to figure out why it's not clicking, why life isn't going the way that it's supposed to go, or the same thing money-wise. Like, I've been working my ass off for 20 years, and I haven't been able to save. What's happening? So a lot of, like, really getting to the root of the situation, really diagnosing the problems, like, why life doesn't look the way that it does for them, whether it's in love or money or career or whatnot. So I've been doing a lot of those readings. And there can be very rewarding being able to uncover what the actual root problem is, get to the core of it, and then really build a strategy to address it. Uh, and then, of course, seeing the result from it. I haven't... I haven't had a date in six years, and then they email you, like, I got my first date. <laughs> so that's been quite lovely. Um, but despite the sort of uh, uh, loveliness that's going on, there's still certainly a bit of uncertainty and anxiety with clients. Do you still get that, cat? There's, like, mm-hmm. things are opening up and things are headed in the right direction, but there's a hesitancy, I think. Um, clients are very worried about what the future holds for them. And hopefully we can all give them some level of reassurance or guidance or help, you know, show them the path ahead so that they can step with some confident footsteps. Yeah, there's a there has been a lot of um, talk about people finding new paths in life. Strangely... Yeah. There have been a lot of people asking me if they could quit their day job and work in the spiritual field. Now, I don't mm-hmm. think it's just like a giant fad that's happening. I think people are seeking me out because they know that I've done it and that I know how to do it and that I also tell people I will help them. So that may be why I'm getting a lot of those clients. But it's become um, increasingly large Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. part of my overall clientele since November, December, January, she's grown and grown and grown. And not all of them are suitable to become spiritualists or root workers, but many of them are. And it's been interesting, but there also is a hesitancy, you know, what is this going to do to their financial retirement plan? You know, you don't get a 401k when you are, uh, reading tarot cards at a bookstore, you know, it's mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're kind of on your own. So there are people who are kind of making this leap to what I call the bohemian lifestyle, who want help, and that's I've been seeing a lot of that lately. Have you have you been running into that too? Totally, yeah. People who are making these big transitions, people who are asking about can they, you know, go into this other lifestyle, other type of career profession. I think part of it is um, COVID really woke people up. COVID really woke people up to what their which direction their life is going. Are they happy mm-hmm. with jobs? It also really uh, highlighted just the deep, deep inequalities and unfairness of, of job experiences, right? Mm-hmm. Like if people were, quote, unquote, essential workers, the, the way they were kind of tossed into the front lines, I'll never quite forget, forget me forget that. That's like, it was insane to me, right? Uh, and so people are really mm-hmm. aware, uh, kind of woke up to that, and they're going, there's got to be a better way to make a living and have a life than mm-hmm. what we were doing before COVID. So I think COVID was like that, that triggering moment where it woke people up and they said, yeah, we don't have to live that way. And mm-hmm. some of it is great. Some of it's like, yeah, go for it. Forge new paths. And some of it is a bit of management, managing experiences and managing expectations. Like, yes, you can leave this job, but that also means you lose your health benefits. Yeah. Right. So there's there right. definitely a we're, – we're in new territory, and I think a lot of us are doing what I call navigating work, where we're helping them navigate the rough seas ahead. 
That's, that's a very good term for it is navigating work. It's, yeah. it's really like helping them sail their their ship. Exactly. And, I, and some ships are going to reach new shores and some not. Yeah, I do see that. It's It's been very interesting, um, you know, for everybody. All right. Well, uh, we have uh, a returning guest. And it's funny because often we when do. we have a returning guest, I say to somebody who does a really fantastic show, I say, we're going to have to have you on for part two. And sometimes that never happens. And sometimes it happens, you know, a year later. Here we are with part two. But here we are this time really quickly and i'm so happy to welcome back reverend mm-hmm. james for chinese fortune telling part two because when um when he was here last time if you haven't heard chinese fortune telling part one i hope that nagashiva has put the url in the yep. chat log okay i did so that yeah good okay so um you can tune into that later but now we're on part two. So welcome to the show, Reverend James. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. Tell us what's been glad happening in your world and what you're doing, and then we'll get right into the topic. Um, well, pretty much I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm kind of along the same lines as uh, Conjurman Ali. You know, I've been keeping to myself a lot. Um, but as, long, as far as work's going, I've had a lot of love work going on, and that kind of, uh, kind of goes a little hand-in-hand hand with a lot of cleansing work. I feel like a lot of people are coming that have been stagnant with, you know, like like we were talking about with COVID, and um, that can, that stagnation has continued into as we've, uh, you know, been opening up a little bit, and people are trying to figure out how to get out of that funk. And like you were saying, uh, n- helping people navigate uh, what to do now that things are kind of going back to a normal fee. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Other than that, yeah. I've been uh, really just working with uh, some crystals. We've had a lot of uh, crystal shipments come in, so now I've spent the past few days uh, sporadically putting them around the house and working on my Crystal Silence League altar, and I feel really shiny and jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, I just watched a YouTube video of a guy who goes to New York periodically and scrapes out between the sidewalk cracks in the Diamond District of New York and then pans the resulting gunk for gold and diamonds. And believe it or not, he finds diamonds and rubies and sapphires and aquamarines and amethysts and a whole bunch of gemstones and gold in the sidewalk cracks of New York. Wow. So it's falling out of people's um, jewelry. Well, they or swept out on it from a jeweler's floor. Their jewelry these are jewelry manufacturing companies that are there. Uh-huh. And I began to think about that. So you so interesting you mentioned crystals. I began to think what would be the spiritual value of diamonds that were panned with gold in New York City? And to get enough of that gold to make a ring and put in to the ring these diamonds that came off the streets of New York. What an incredible magical talisman that would be. Oh, yeah. Just just thinking. <laughs> just thinking out loud. <laughs> that Maybe. would be very interesting. Yeah, it would definitely uh, probably, have a story, if nothing else. <laughs> well, it would have some power from well, and I'm sure Clifford's little ears, because Clifford loves talismanic rings. It's all yours, Clifford. Run with it. <laughs> the, the YouTuber's name. Sorry, is Flesh. I'm. Uh, I, I, 
it would certainly uh, gain the imprint of, of the city spirit. I do a lot of work with, with city spirit, so that would be pretty interesting to experiment yeah. with. Yeah. The guy's name is Klesh, K-L-E-S-H. You can see him on YouTube. You can watch him panning for gold and diamonds on 47th Street. No kidding. <laughs> it's really amazing. That is fascinating. That is yeah. so fascinating. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry, James. That was just, you mentioned crystals, and that was topmost in my buffer. Um, oh, no, that's fine. That's very interesting. I'm definitely going to have to look that up after this. <laughs> yeah. Well, the idea of found crystals as opposed to intentionally acquired crystals is kind of interesting. He also finds cubic zirconia, of course, but also diamonds. Um, all right. Well, today we're going to be doing Chinese fortune telling part two. And if people have seen the um, little promo slideshow, you'll see that we put up the moon blocks which many people have no idea what they are. So why don't we just start off with you, starting off with talking about Chinese fortune telling part two. We'll just take it away. Okay. Well, if you uh, listen to part one, you kind of got a little bit of a teaser about what the moon blocks are. Um, they're basically these little pieces of wood that are shaped like crescent moons, and they're flat on one side and rounded on the other. So that gives you a yin size and a yang size. The flat side, if it's facing Wait, was, up, oh, hold up, hold up, buddy, hold up, buddy. Yep, yep, yep. For those, for those, seventeen percent of our viewers who don't know what yin and yang are, and probably think it's yin yang, could you describe yeah. how you would know the difference between the yin side and the yang side? Uh oh, I don't hear you. Right. So the the uh, yang side. Can you hear me now? Yes, I hear you fine. Okay. So if the flat side's facing up, that would be yang. So that would be a positive sign and mm -hmm. a, a movement. And the round side up would, if you kind of like imagine like a, a pregnant woman maybe, uh, you would have the yin side. And, okay. Um, but step back, step back. We're, remember, we're dealing with kindergarten here. So yin represents what? Female or male? Come on, this is just to get a little bit of an idea here, what they can tie it to. Right, right. Okay. So yin is, is feminine. It's dark. It's slow-moving. Uh, you, you, it's also considered what's called the yin house and yang house. So the yin house would be things like where you're buried, and the yang house would be like where you're living. So bright uh -huh. areas would be yang, um, light, um, movement, uh, sound. All of these are yang. Silence would be yin, um, if that kind of mm -hmm. gives you an idea. Uh, okay. So if you think, so of, now, think so, of like a so, mountain. Yes. So, um, so when the moon blocks have a flat side and the flat side is up, what is that called? Yin or yang? That, that would be yang. That would be a, oh. a positive. Uh, that would be a, a, uh, a force moving. Okay. And when the rounded side is up, that's yin. Correct. So okay. another way you can look at it is movement is yang and non-movement would be yin. So when the yin side is mm. up, which would be the round side, they can't move. It's flat on the mm. ground. So whenever it's on the yang side and the flat part is up, it's on the rounded side on the bottom, so it kind of jiggles. So that shows movement. Mm -hmm. I see. So that's another okay. way that you can kind of write. Mm -hmm. Good. Okay. And now I think I think we've got... Got that. Now go on. I'm sorry I had to interrupt. We just need to start with basics for a basic course. No, right. I understand. 
of course. Um, so we have uh, four kind of options that can come up whenever you throw, even though there's only, it's a binary kind of way there. You know, you have yin and yang, but you have four outcomes. And the outcomes could be, if it's yang and yin, that would be what's called, or what I would call it, sacred pairing. They also call it uh, uh, holy, holy grail, some things like that is, is other translations. Um, but that would mean yes. So that would have mm -hmm. one side up, one side down, you know, yin and yang. That would mean mm -hmm. that the gods agree and that you can continue throwing. Now, um, what we talked about in the last show is that you always try to throw these three times. There's the, the, the pattern of three is one of those things that is really prevalent in Asian philosophies. Um, so if you want to get three, thing, three of the same signs in a row, and that would be a definitive answer from the deity that you're working with. Mm-hmm. Oh, so another, you, just, now, oh, oh, you just said something here that, again, as a, as a student, a learner, I'm going to ask, what do you mean mm -hmm. the deity you're working with? So let's... Okay, let's, yeah. <clears throat> so typically, whenever you see these kind of things happening is you're in a temple. Uh, people don't typically have a pair of these at their home, um, but some, some devout practitioners in Taoism and Buddhism do keep a pair at home. Um, but typically, you would find these at... And there would be a big old basket of them, and some will look new, some will look rough, um, some will have some flat sides on them and different things you just kind of pick up too. And there's usually um, different uh, shrines to different gods around you in the temple. And you would typically people go up to the, the shrine and say a prayer, and then they would ask their question to that particular god. So like let's say if somebody was going for an examination, or a test, they wanted to check and see how their, their son was going to do on their college examination. They might go to Wen Cheng Wang, which is the god of uh, academia and uh, examinations. And they might ask Wen Cheng Wang, uh, you know, with the Jiao Bei or the, the moon block, uh, what would be the outcome of uh, my son's examination at school? So mm -hmm. this, this type of divination is typically a petition to the to, to a god or a deity and asking them for their their specific advice. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about deities, are are all Chinese deities or all Taoist deities approachable, or are there certain ones who are more closely associated with the moon blocks? Um, I would say that it would typically be more of um, the immortals. Because, see, in, in Taoist philosophy, you have gods like the, um, the, the Jade Emperor, people that were never really born um, but were just being gods. And then you have people that were at one point human or thought to be human, myths of them being human, and then them becoming immortal in their afterlife. Um, mm -hmm. So typically people go to the immortals. In a way, it's like Catholics going to a saint versus going to God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God, God has other things. He's, he's, he's busy, you know, working the world. Jade, Jade Emperor is worried about, work, you know, keeping everybody, keeping the world spinning and all of that. You, you go to mm -hmm. the immortals as an intercessor. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're intercessors, yeah. Right. All right. right. And so now let's go – 
back to the kinds of ways to work with a yes or no question, because this is something that relates to other forms of fortune-telling worldwide, folkloric fortune-telling. Um, many systems will produce a yes or no, for instance, flipping a coin. And um, the flipping the coin has given rise to the two out of three. You know, that's a, a the same kind of thing. What I tell you three times is true, right? Um, right. There's there are other yes no type answers that um, you know some people will use a pendulum only for yes no, but they'll also find a maybe and a wrong question out of it too. I mean you can get four answers from a yes no pendulum. So with these moon blocks, you're getting a yes and a no that are just a straight up yes and a no. But then there are these two oddly extra qualified. Uh, once the the um, the laughing answer that's pretty much unique as far as I know to mm. moonblock fortune telling. Do you uh, let me bring Contraman in here? Contraman, do you know of any other system of divination? I know you know a lot of them that has something that mm. would be called a laughing answer that the gods are laughing. No, not that I can think of. And it's interesting because we were marked uh, previous about how there are so many commonalities with other sort of systems, right? We've talked about the binary systems. We've talked about geomancy or Rommel. Um, and I can't think of any that has that sort of laughing component. Well, all divination systems have sort of a personality, if you will, or temperament. Like people often talk about how um, geomancy tends to be blunt and sarcastic sometimes in the answers that it gives. I know that Ifa has sort of like divine reactions, like the divine can respond in certain ways, but I can't really think of any other divination system that really has this notion of laughing or or, or that type of response. It's really kind of fascinating and unique. It is. It is. Now, there's a fourth method that you're going to cover also. So can you give us that fourth, I say not method, a fourth answer that you can tell us about? <laughs> Well, I kind of want to go back just a little bit to kind of go over the other two. Uh, we didn't oh, really okay. touch on those. I want, okay. I want to touch on those a little bit more. Um, okay. The uh, yin-yin answer, so that would be the two round up, would be what's mm -hmm. called the weeping or the crying pair or the crying mm -hmm. gods. It, it, there's different ways of saying it. So it, what you'll see in the chat, if you're following that, you'll see pair attached to mm -hmm. all of these. They could, that could be cups. That could be um, gods, any of that. But um, mm -hmm. the meaning of the, the, the double yin would be a no and that the gods disagree or that they're displeased with what you're asking to do and that you mm -hmm. should refine your question and ask again. Mm -hmm. So uh, the next one would be the double yang, which is um, the, the, they're both on their rounded sides and they're both kind of jiggling. And if you look at them when they're jiggling, they kind of look like two little smiles and they're kind of, you know, jiggling, they kind of look like they're laughing. And that's why they call mm -hmm. them the laughing pair or the laughing god. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like a, a cheeky way of a god, you know, if you went up to God and you said, well, can I do this? And he goes, ha, 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 you know, you think you can do that. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of like a maybe or a, mm, I'm not sure, maybe it's not the right time. That's not the right question you should be asking or that's not in my plan for you yet. So mm -hmm. you need to redefine the parameters of what you're asking and ask again. Mm -hmm. um, the last one that you're talking about is kind of the strange one. And uh, this is one that probably you would only encounter if you're at a place where you're throwing moon blocks 
and there's maybe like a cement or uneven ground, or if you're using a really well-worn pair of moon blocks, um, because mm-hmm. typically when you buy them, they're very sharp. Um, the last one is a standing pair, and that's where you have one that ends up falling just on the tips of the crescent mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. one that falls either yin or yang. And this is mm-hmm. a way of the God saying that what you're saying just doesn't make sense. It mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense for what you're doing or what your life is or who you are or it just it's not what it, it's definitely not what you should be doing <laughs> mm-hmm. because it is mm-hmm. a definitely a very strange way for them to fall and that's pretty much a way of saying nope you shouldn't do it hmm. yeah so you know this is so um, interestingly Taoist because if this were a Western system. And you wanted to, you know, deprecate yin as being negative, and you would promote yang as being positive. And then the half and half would probably be a maybe. But they've done this differently. They are creating imbalance. And so the yep. favored the favored answer is one up, one down. So it's an entirely different philosophy. It's a philosophical difference. And this is what's so mm-hmm. important. When you when you start to study a culture's um, uh, you know, divination system and their magical system, you're going to find out mm-hmm. that, that there is something about their philosophy that is implied. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hmm? yeah it's interesting that we Go ahead. You do see similar like up, ups and downs in, in other traditions, but never use this type of philosophy. It's fascinating. So, for example, Hakata has the ups and downs shows up in it. Uh, the Buzios in Kimbanda, um, but also the Afro-Brazilian traditions, um, also found in, in uh, West Africa, where four shells are tossed. The shells are sort of cut mm-hmm. so that there's a they have two flat sides because shells have a rounded side. So the, both shells are cut. Uh, and then they're shaken in the hands and they're thrown. And, for example, if you get two up, two down, that's a yes. So it's a similar balance system in which you want to find a balance of things. But they don't have this this um, uh, sort of rich component of the, the God saying, don't proceed or, uh, don't, you know, or laughing, right? They don't have that component to it. And it is interesting to see how the different philosophies play a role, but also the cosmologies. Right, it is both the philosophies, but also the cosmology. And here in the Taoist tradition, correct me if I'm wrong, this notion of balance, but also the notion of a sort of relation or connection to the divine, you're not actually the the divinatory tool isn't actually giving you the answer. The divine mm-hmm. is right. The right. Spirit right. Is. Whereas you don't often hear that with tarot, right? Sometimes when people pull tarot, sometimes they say, oh, I'm talking to spirit. But more times than not, they believe that the tarot is giving them the answer or that their own psyche is giving them the answer, their own psychic ability is giving them the answer. Whereas in this Mm -hmm. instance, this is just a medium by which you're connecting to the gods. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, and speaking on, is... speaking on the um, the the shells, um, that's actually where the moon blocks uh, are thought to have started from. Are from the coastal regions of uh, Chinese um, mm. peoples, where they used uh, shells as the yin as, as the moon blocks because they have a rounded side and a flat side. So these would have been um, like clamshells or possibly cowrie shells, but they only use two, right? Uh, right. Which is different than African 
forms in which there are four. So your mathematics is going to be different. You're going to get a different number of answers. Um, In a way, the way these answers work out are much more similar to pendulum reading as I practice it than they are to OB, even though they use the shell form or um, a colonut is another one that can be used that way, you know, or coconut pieces. This is more like pendulum reading to me. Amazing system. I'm gonna, I'm going to try to use it. Um, but, you know, I'm going to try to learn it. If someone was interested in moonblock reading, where would they get the moonblocks? That's a good question. The only place that I have found as a really good place to get them is eBay. Um, there's really not <laughs> a place to buy them around here, and if you're buying them on eBay, we're buying them from Taiwan, so <laughs> it's going to take a couple of weeks to get here. Um, okay. The other thing is, I noticed that in looking over trusty Wikipedia, some of them are red and some of them are not. What does the coloring of red mean? Is it traditional? Is it old? And why? Uh, the coloring of the red just has to do with the fact that um, I want to say that that goes back to the Nian, which is mm-hmm. the year um, monster that comes around every year. Um, and that uh, started them to try to scaring this Nian, this year monster away. They would uh, have big red lanterns. It was scared of the color red and they would have big red lanterns and fireworks and things to scare off the Nian. So it became that red was an auspicious color. Um, so we'll, we'll back up, back up, back up, because they're called moon blocks, and the Chinese New Year is also a lunar-derived festival. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Right, it is. So are we looking at these as derived possibly prehistorically from some idea of eclipses and the moon phases, you know, the, the the fatal phase, the eclipse phase, and the idea of the red is going to bring it back, going to start, the, start things over again. Because you know how the moon turns red during an eclipse. You're aware of that, right? Oh, yeah. And that that's a good uh, correlation there, but I'm not sure if that has anything to do with the, the actual history of them. Uh, that It's kind of a murky history whenever you get too far back with the moon mm-hmm. blocks as to where exactly they came from and who started it and why. Well, let me ask you this. Are there historical examples found, for instance, in tombs or in archaeological digs? As far as eclipses in the moon blocks? No, just moon blocks. Is there, are there moon boxes that go back in terms of archaeological digs? How far back have they been found? How old have they been found? Oh, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know that off the top of my head. That is a very good question. Because if they're made of wood, you could use dendrology or you know something to date them. Mm-hmm, right. I'm just you know, um, I'm just one of those people mm. who wants to know everything. And I'm I, I well, should I mean I'm asking a question. I'm not expecting you to know the answer, but it is a question right. that sort of hangs here. You know. Um, well, my my thought about that would be, if you want my thought on it, and that would be um, that they didn't really use wood um, for it in the past. Again, it was the they, they it was traditionally used as the shells. So if it was found, it was probably just a pair of shells. So it might not have I been see. something that people thought of 
very much unless it was around other relics or around an altar that they might have found or something. Um, when it when it evolved from the shells, it went to more of um, bamboo roots. If you've ever seen a bamboo root and you've ever mm. dug it up and cut it in half, you have the same moon shape, this crescent moon shape, if you trim it down. And um, that's kind of where it evolved into people getting it and ha making it out of, like, say, rosewood, sandalwood, etc. I see. Oh, so there so are they special have a... woods that are used. Yeah. So they're special wood also. You don't just make these out of boxwood yeah. or something. <laughs> right. It, so it, the you number know, you get from typical... a, a Home Depot. Right. <laughs> it's typically some kind of holy or sacred wood. Uh, mm -hmm. Peach wood is, is really uh, a big one um, for for Chinese and Taoism. Peach wood is a very protective wood. Mm -hmm. wow. You can also find some that are similar to um, the chamalangos, where they are on um, two little metal um, shells, cl clam shells, on a string uh, or, or um, chain, and they use that to kind of toss and get the same. Oh, they're, um, in other words, they're kept on a chain, and you just throw the chain down, and you'll see how they fall. Right. Ah. That's a more modern way that they use it now, yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, so this is um, this is really great. I mean, I love hearing about this. Now, are you going to be using Moonbox when we read for our client today? I can. I have some here. Good. Okay. I don't have any, so I'm going to uh do a different form of divination, but I am um I am so thrilled that, that you're going to do this. I'll probably use the fortune sticks that I used the last time you were on because I do have them and I can read with those. Or maybe uh Contraman, what would you like to read with that relates to Chinese fortune telling? I'm going to do I Ching again because I don't have uh, expertise in these other Okay, areas. so we're going to we're going to yeah. Okay. Great. Um, so are there still people who read with clamshells? Oh, yeah. People still do, especially the uh, the people that are like folk Taoists or, or, or um, more uh, ordained into a tradition or something or, or around the coastal region. They're, they still use them today. I see. I see. So these started in coastal China. Amazing. And then they just sort of spread in, inward. I'm, I'm right. going to... I'm going to still. I'm going to start researching the oldest known moon blocks. That's what's kind of, um, you know, we're going to have to come up with that next time you're on. We'll see if we can find the answer to that question. All right, there's our music. Too. Yeah, there's our music. Thank you so much for teaching us about Taoist Chinese moon blocks, Jiao Bei. All right, which I hope I pronounced right. All right, we're going to have our first um, client, and we're going to see how it goes with Clifford introducing the client. Stay tuned. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with your hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjure Man. We'll be right back. You can call from our listeners answering their questions in spiritual divination and prescribing down-home conjure remedies and remediation. Our calling clients are selected from among those who have filled out a short questionnaire at Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com. Listen to the show online through Blog Talk Radio or via telephone by dialing 818-394-8535. If you filled out a client questionnaire at the forum and you have not already done so, please dial in now to 818-394-8535 and press 1 to let us know that you're available to be on the air. 
we will select callers by their area code. And if your area code is announced, we'd you to say hello and let me, your announcer, Clifford Lowe, read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our hosts. Now it's time to go to our phones and take our first caller. Our caller is Blessed Success, calling from area code 860. Success, are you there? No, we can't well, reach that um, person. We're hoping that you'd be able to take them on the air. Okay. Yeah, just read their thing um, on the air, okay? Um, she indicated that she had a prior reading on the situation uh, with Elvira Love. Um, she said that the spouse cheated, her, her spouse cheated on her for the first time in 2022. Uh, she would like to make it work and is wondering whether the reconciliation is positive. Turning it over to you, Miss Cat. All right. Well, I'm going to um, do our um, first reading, and I'm going to use the <clears throat> Chinese chi-chi sticks, as we described before. There's many names for these, all of which I don't know. Um, but these were um, these come out of um, temples of Kuan Yin, generally in Cantonese China, and were imported into the U.S. And um, you can listen to the previous show to learn more about them. And these are sometimes called lottery poetry. And you will have a tube of sticks, and each stick is bamboo. And um, you can hear them. That's them. And my set has 78. There are some sets that have 100 or some less. And this set is made in 1915 and was made by the Pacific Ghost Dry Goods Company of San Francisco, California. It was imported by them for use and sale in Chinatown, San Francisco in 1915. So what I'm going to do is shake it. And one stick comes out. And there it goes. I got my stick. And the number on my stick is number 29. So I have two different lottery poetry books. One is from 1915 and one is from 1935. And I'm going to read both of them. First, the one from 1915. Number 29. Now the question is, will the reconciliation work? Will they be able to get back together? Your luck for today... To one who draws a 29, the fate decree, your luck is fine. Then it says, your fortune, in other words, most generally speaking. Your life will be most vigorous, in action, full of strife. You'll fight your way through all of it and live a good long life. Well, that's very positive. So to me, that would say that it is worth fighting to reclaim this marriage, that you will be successful. There will be some strife, obviously, but you're going to fight your way through the strife and live a good long life. It's good, very good outcome. Now I'm going to read from the um, Chinese Kuan Yin, Chinese fortune teller, lucky, lucky, coming today, shaking, shaking, come one lucky, lucky number, look in the book, and happy book, which is a little, a little less English languagey. And it's much simpler in the poem, but it has the same idea. You will be carried in a palanquin to heaven. If you conquer the deadly sins, there are only seven. So this is an attempt to sort of Americanize uh, Chinese fortune, but it's, again, an absolute success. Um, You will have good luck, but you have to conquer your sins. So what do they mean by the seven sins? They're trying to reference a sort of a Christian modality, I think. And um, I'm not conversant with all the seven sins, but I know that greed and sloth, and there's a few others, um, are among the, you know, among them. 
avarice, I think is another. So this says that you have to do some interior work. You have to look at your own um, um, negatives and be able to work on yourself, and then you will have success. You will have the outcome that you want. So very much a positive reading from both of these books of the Chinese fortune sticks. Now, when we get a simple reading like this, um, and people say, "Well, these are so, these are so easy," they they're self-interpreting, as opposed to say tarot cards, in which you're going to have pictures and images, and it's kind of a psychological um, test of the reader how they interpret those cards. It's a thematic apperception test. These are very simple answers, and most forms of fortune telling that are numeric, and these are numeric, that use sortilege tend to give you just straight-up answers. They don't waste a lot of time saying, is that person facing to the left or right, and are there birds flying in, and are there flowers on the ground? And you all heard me read Tarot, and you know I always talk about that. But here we simply have the lottery poetry, and that's it. That's the answer to the question, as it is um, number 29. All right, well, I'm going to move this along. And um, we're going to have James do a reading with the moon blocks. All right. So I have my two little moon blocks here. They're red. I'm pretty sure that I got these. these this pair was the one that I had um, shipped to me from the Longshan Temple in Taiwan. Um, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask Yulao, which is the old man of the moon. He's known as the matchmaker in the Taoist tradition. So I'm going to ask him, um, what uh, your situation is going, what's going on with your situation right now and how it's progressing, okay? So we're going to just give these a little shake. Okay, so I have to agree with Miss Cat. We have um, the yin-yang answer. So we have one up, one down. That's the sacred pairing or sheng chao, which means yes, and that the gods agree that uh, your relationship will continue to positively grow in a forward manner and that you can uh, come to a reconciliation. Um, Just because this is such a short little reading with those, I also uh, decided to take a look at my Chimen chart for this hour. And I noticed that the Harmony Star, which is the star of relationships, sits in the Metal Palace. And what we want to do to help grow that, grow your relationship, would be something earth, because earth grows metal. So what that shows is in the earth palace, we have the open door. So you need to be open in communication with each other. You need to be truthful and honest. And you need to take a rest, because what's sitting in your your harmony palace, um, your relationship palace, is that you need to take time and, and reflect with each other about where your relationship is, what you want from it, and how you want to move forward. Okay? Wow. All right. So that that uh, sounds interesting because they both agree, um, but they do both say that there will be some interior work also. All right. By the way, I'm going to transcribe the poems that I got. So um, 
let's um, and I'll put them in. They'll appear a little bit out of sequence. Nagashiva will put them in the chat log at the right place when I finish transcribing them. All righty. So, Contraman, what root work do you prescribe for this lady, given these readings? Yeah, so um, there is a chance for, it looks like there is work that needs to be done for some type of reconciliation. Uh, I, the client isn't here, so I can't really speak to them. I need to know if reconciliation is truly what they want is the real question, because coming back from infidelity can be difficult. It's not impossible, but it can be difficult. If the first time they cheat was in 2022, we know that Venus was besieged during uh, 2022, uh, that is caught between Mars and Saturn. So it could have been around that time that this stuff happened. Uh, and Contraband, contraband, I got to raise my hand. I know this client, and you are completely correct. And I know when it happened. I've um, Uh, there you go then. And you, you, you're absolutely correct. This was revealed in um, February 2022. Ah, then that's that's when Venus was besieged, caught between the two (laughs) malefics, Mars and Saturn. And that can do that. It can bring Mars in particular. I know people think of Mars as sexy, but Mars is actually pretty bad when it comes to these things. And it can be infidelity is one of the significations uh, of Mars. So we can see that play a role here. Venus is moving into Pisces very soon where she will be exalted. So this might be the perfect time for reconciliation and healing. But the question is if the client can do it. It is hard work to reconcile. So everything that I recommend must be taken with an element of we've got to go see a therapist at some point. (laughs) We've got to at some point sit down with with a marriage counselor and work through these issues because uh, cheating is usually a result of something on the inside of that person. People don't cheat and go, oh, my God, that's so complete. I was possessed to cheat. People cheat because something was within them that allows them to cheat. So bear that in mind, that if this person cheated once, it's possible that should the circumstances arise again, Venus is besieged again, or there's tensions in the marriage, that they may cheat again. So it is important to seek some type of marriage counseling if you want this to work. Here's my root work recommendation, but... Again, really, really encourage you to do some healing work, some therapeutic work as well. Take a photo from your wedding, a photo where you were both happy. If you don't have a wedding photo or you don't like your wedding photos, find a photo where you two were genuinely happy. It has to be associated with a positive memory. It's not enough that you were smiling in the photo. It needs to be one of those photos where you look and go, I remember that day. That's what you need. You take that photo, and on the back of it, you're going to write his name three times, turn it clockwise, write your name three times, and then around it in a ring, this is very classically what Miss Cat teaches, round it in a ring, you are going to write without lifting your pen or without lifting your pencil, love me and stay with me, love me and stay with me, over and over and over again, in an unbroken ring so that it is surrounded. Then I want you to take one sprig of rosemary, and you're going to wrap the photo in that rosemary. You're going to put the rosemary in the photo and fold it up. Rosemary here is to give you control over the situation. Rosemary gives power to women. It empowers them and gives them strength. You want to put rosemary and a little bit of magnolia, which is really good for marriages. You're going to fold it up. Then you're going to take an apple. You're going to core this apple, which means you're going to remove its core so you have a nice little cylinder, and you're going to stick in this rolled piece of paper that has your, that has your picture, that has the rosemary, that has the magnolia. You're going to cover this apple in honey, 
place it into a small coffee can and then bury it in a house plant. This is the earth component that we saw that was mentioned earlier in your reading. You are going to bury it in a house plant and keep that house plant alive. So long as the house plant is alive, the marriage will endure and survive. You will water this regularly. Make sure you look up how to take care of house plants. Uh, people who are new to it, who don't have a green thumb, accidentally drown or dry out plants. So be aware of what plants you pick, uh, how to take care of it, and when you or watering it, you're going to speak to the plant. You're going to ask the plant that as you grow strong, as you thrive, so too will my marriage. Bless this home, bless this hearth, bless this marriage. You're going to pray over this plant, and so long as that plant is there, it will be a powerful ally for you, bringing sweetness and joy into the home, sweetness and joy into the relationship and into the marriage. The plant is going to suffuse the entire house with its spirit, and it will be your ally in this marriage. The plant will also act as an early warning system. If the plant begins to wither, something is wrong in the marriage, be aware of it. If the plant starts to develop rot or bugs, know that there's deception and lies that are being happening. If the leaves start to turn brown and they're starting to die, that lets you know that some, someone is working against you or working against the marriage or that there is a third party that is intervening, perhaps another mistress or a lover. So the plant is an early warning system. It will help to guide. It will help to give advice. But it will also be a powerful protector of the marriage. The next thing that I want you to do is to tie this person's nature. So this is a much more gentle working about really bringing love and fostering healing within the home through the plant. The next is a little bit more we're going to add a little bit of an edge here. Once you two are intimate with each other, and again, this should be done in a healing capacity, this should not just be like, oh, we hooked up, and then he's back to his mistress type situation. It needs to be once he's returned back, once your partner has returned back to you, your husband's returned back to you, and the healing work has been done, and you guys lay in the marriage bed once more. When you have sex, gather his sexual fluids. Uh, and then um, anoint them onto a string, some type of thread. Over the course of several days, you're going to call his name out, and every time he answers, you're going to tie a knot. The trick to this is to have the knot going, but don't pull it tight yet. You're going to wait, call out his name. This is the nation stack teaching. You can find it on Lucky Mojo as well, the instructions. You're going to call out his name, then you're going to tie it. So this way you tie his voice, his spirit, and his sex with this string. You are going to do it a total of nine times, nine knots on this string that has been anointed with his sexual fluids that you have gathered through the act of lovemaking that you have tied his spirit and his voice to. Place this in a nation sack that you keep under the mattress. You can get one of these nation sacks from a root worker. You can also get it directly from Lucky Mojo. Uh, I think they sell nation sacks, if I'm not mistaken, Miss Kat. You do have nation sacks, right? Oh, we sure do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you can get one of those nation sacks, and then you're going to keep it in between the box spring and the mattress. So long as it remains there, he will always return back to you. This root work is a little bit more like binding him to you to keep him from straying. Combined with the more sweetening component of the plant, it can help to foster a healthy marriage. It can also help to foster a healthy reconciliation. But again, it is utterly crucial, and I tell this to all my clients, that no amount of magic work is going to be the pill to resolve marital problems. 
if marital problems arise, there is an underlying issue. There's something there. This person may be a cheater. This may be a person may be going through a midlife crisis. Whatever it is, there's something there that needs to be addressed through couples therapy, through uh, psychology. So you must do some type of work to also open him up to healing. This might be a skull candle or whatnot. But you want to do some type of work to encourage him to heal. Because unless he wants to heal, unless he wants to reconcile, the chances are going to be quite minimum here. It is a long road. It is not an easy road. Reconciliation of marriages takes time. It takes work. But it is possible. People have bounced back from separations, from even divorces, from from infidelity, they have been able to bounce back. This is my recommendation. We have a few more minutes left. Let's see if my colleagues have anything further to add. Well, um, this is really great. Both the the sweet uh, spell with the plant and the knotted string. And um, I just noticed, um, just didn't just notice, but I noticed Dr. Jeremy Weiss is in our chat room. And Dr. Jeremy will be presenting an entire one-hour workshop on knot spells at the uh, 2022 Hoodoo Heritage Festival, uh, August 13th and 14th. Get your tickets now because he's going to reveal many forms of knot spells, of which this is one of the most famous. So my only addition to this is to follow Condraman's <laughs> words exactly because he laid it out exactly how it is. I do have one other thing to add because I know this client. Um, this man has asked, to stay married he has said oops i don't know what i was doing and i was also told and i believe this is the client i know that the woman that this was done with has done this before Mm. with other married married men and she is Uh. a married woman and she does it because she can so i Uh. had recommended to the client that you call here and we might get some more readings on it i also recommended that she do some hot foot work because the other woman works in the same office oh yeah you got to get rid of that girl no 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 yes she's got to go she's got to go so i would recommend yeah um, doing some hot foot work on her, of which you can find a great deal of it online for free at the Lucky Mojo Forum, which is at forum.luckymojo.com, or you can um, find it in the two books by Miss Aida, Cursing and Crossing, and the other book, Destroying Relationships. And especially Destroying Relationships contains many spells of how to cause your husband to fall out of infatuation with this evil woman all right that was my addition to it and uh whew, um and i'm i'm sorry she wasn't here because it was an interesting case and she is a nice person and i wish honey that you listen to it in the rebroadcast or whatever and and catch up with it and see what we had to say All right, our second client. Um, Bring it on, Clifford. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. 
Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com and buy the Crystal Silence League free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to our next client. Our caller is Natalie calling from area code 202. Natalie, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you all? Doing great. Can you please describe your situation for us in a couple of sentences? Yes. Uh, Since the pandemic, I have been out of work, and I'd like to know what can be done. and, And I've been applying everywhere, but what I can do and when do you see me getting an at-home job or a government job that I would love to do. Excellent. Turn it over to you, Ms. Cat. All right, Natalie. Before we take Natalie, I just want to say I spoke too long, and Reverend James said one other root work advice was to get a double happiness, a.k.a. Chinese marriage symbol, and use it behind your marriage photo or place it in other places, like behind your bed or whatever, where you spend time together. Uh, he's going to post a link to that image he just did. Um, and that is um, a, another way to work. All right. I'm sorry about that, Natalie. I was behind myself there. So you you are looking for um, uh, to find an at-home job or government job. I'm going to turn this one over to Conjurman, and he's going to do the first reading. Then James will do the second. So Conjurman's going to read with the I Ching because this is Chinese Fortune Telling Day, and James will read with the Moon Blocks, and then I'll give some root work advice. And take it away, Conjurman. Thanks. Uh, if I could just ask you a couple of questions. Do you know a sign of the zodiac you are? Capricorn. You're a Capricorn. Okay. Uh, just asking. All right. So I've, I've created a hexagram here, and it's the hexagram wind above, mountain below development. And I'm going to read what it says. A penetrating change moves the immobile mountain. The enlightened person improves life through good conduct and correct persistence. Partnership brings good fortune and blessing. So uh, this, I interpret this first and foremost to mean that this is going to be steady change. You are facing a sort of immovable, uh, immobile mountain, a difficult obstacle. It seems insurmountable, particularly if you're dealing with things like heavy bureaucracies. Whenever I think of mountain in the modern sense, I think bureaucracies mountain work of paperwork, jumping through hoops, that only happens through persistence. It takes time. Drop by drop, mountains are broken. So this is what I really think here is that it's going to be little by little. Don't expect sudden radical change to happen overnight, but rather building little by little before you're able to surmount this particular obstacle and before this is going to change. This does give us a little bit of a timing circumstance, it indicates that we're probably going to see this manifest long-term rather than short-term. So I don't have like an immediate like, okay, next month this will be resolved or by summer this will be resolved. But rather we're looking at maybe looking at longer than six-month process, maybe even upwards of a year. So working bit by bit, making sure that every detail is covered and that you have planted as many seeds as possible so that whatever grows, you can then harvest. You must also work on improving the self. This is about uh, attraction, making yourself the most attractive candidate, making yourself the most attractive uh, job applicant, making your uh, case the most attractive. So any type of work that you do should involve some form of attraction slash look me over where you really focus on the self. This is 
a really good approach towards manifesting things in your life. More often than not, we end up in a struggle, right, where we're fighting against something in order to get what we want. But a much more natural and organic way to manifest is to make yourself a sort of center of gravity, a magnet by which things are attracted and drawn to. So any type of work that you can do upon improving the self, so any type of work that you do should also be about focusing at home, so setting up altars, dusting papers, not just about influencing other people's minds, influencing people and getting them to do what you want them to do, but also about really improving your chances at the home. So think of this home, reorient your work a little bit from trying to force people or influence people to focusing on improving the self, making yourself the best candidate possible, making sure that all your applications are stellar, that there are no mistakes in it, that every I has been dotted, that it has been dusted with the right powders, you've got your candles going during the interviews, that you focus on creating an aura of attraction in order to bring these things about improving of the self and good conduct. So attraction and look me over. And then finally, we have the implication of partnerships. An ally, someone who will step forward to really help you out is going to be crucial here. Um, I know, I'm not sure if you have a partner in this process, but finding someone who can work you through it, who can be a guide, who can be an ally through this is going to bring you great blessings. When you are not alone, but working in unison, working in some type of partnership, that will help. So some type of work to attract an ally should be done here. Some type of work to bring in a helper, whether this helper is a mentor or someone who's gone through this process before or someone along those lines. Bringing in a helper to help you through this process is going to be crucial to bringing in blessings. This is a long-term process that will take time that involves you reorienting yourself, working bit by bit, sowing the seeds so that you can eventually uh, harvest, working on the self, improving and creating uh, the aura of attraction for yourself and drawing for yourself a helper. Those are the kind of key themes that emerges here. I'm going to turn this over for your second reading and then we'll have root work at the end for you. All righty. Hi, Nicole. Hi. Okay, uh, I just wanted to make sure you were there. Um, so what we're going to do is I'm going to focus on and reach out to Wen Chang Wang, which is the uh, academia god, or the uh, he's, he's really focused on intellect and career and advancement and things like that. So I'm going to reach out to him and ask him if it's going to be feasible for you to be able to get a job in a reasonable amount of time, and we're going to see what he has to say. And we have the sacred pairing, the Xiang Zhao, which means yes, that he agrees that you should be able to find what you need to be able to get a job. Um, uh, I want to take a quick look at a T-Men chart here just to give you a little bit more information. So where you're sitting at is in the Water Palace, and I'm looking at some of the things that um, we're looking at here is Working from home, the star that represents that is the rest door, and that sits in the fire palace, and the, the, where it would work like at a corporate job or something like that sits in the uh, earth palace. So the, water, the, the fire palace is directly opposite you. That's telling me that you're not going to find a really good or really easy way to work from home. It's just not conducive to what your life is, where your life is at right now. Um, you would be able to do a little bit more 
uh, a little better at finding a, a more corporate job, a more nine-to-five type of job, um, and you should be able to find something relatively quickly, maybe by the uh, end of summer, um, early August, I mean uh, early autumn. <clears throat> um, and I agree with uh, Conjurman Ali. There's the assistant star here. You're going to need to find somebody that's going to help you um, get you into a position. So maybe somebody that's already working somewhere. Maybe they'll be, they, they know they know of openings or something like that that you can apply to. Okay. Oh, all right. Okay. Um, so you may need a mentor, a helper, uh, someone inside, an insider to help you get a job. And I like the way you work that out with this locational uh, form of Chinese fortune telling, saying it probably will not be um, good to work, try to work from home. That's not going to be so good for you. All right. Um, so... Um, I'm going to do some root work advice. We're going to pull back here from ancient China to, you know, the down-home <laughs> United States. Um, first of all, because I got this idea that you need a helper, you maybe need better references. In other words, if there are job applications which you put in references, you might want to get those going. But I would like you to come up with who who your helpers are, whether they are angelic helpers, friends, people you know in whatever industry, business, or career uh, avenue that you're in, um, and call upon them for help. Not only call upon them, you know, by texting or phoning them, but call up some spirits um, who have done this kind of work. And again, I don't need to know what your work specifically is, but I'm just going to say, let's say you were a civil engineer and you know about some great historical civil engineers, get a photo of one of them and ask for their help from the spirit world. You're going to prepare a little altar that's going to contain on it these spiritual and physical helpers in photographic or art form or just their names. You could also, if you were Catholic, call upon saints. For instance, if you're industry was being a physician, you could call on uh, Dr. Jose Gregorio Hernandez or uh, St. Luke or whoever physician saint you would want. And uh, if you were uh, Chinese, I'm sure that um, the academic god, I love that, uh, that James mentioned would be someone to call upon because the academic god is someone who helps with tests and placement in a meritocracy. So am I, am I correct on that, James? Did I yes. state that correct? Yeah, okay. So um, so something of that nature will be helpful to put on the altar. Any ancestor you had who did well career, even if it was a slightly different career, would also be a helper ancestor. Now you're going to put um, together the idea of your resume. You're going to print that out on paper, and you can dust it with um, some... Um, look me over, some crown of success, and um, some steady work, something like that, to to so people will pay attention to your resume out of the hundreds that they get. That's the look me over. Um, crown of success is, of course, to have success in, in being seen and getting the interview and going on to the next stage. And then steady work is for a good job at good pay. 
So you need those three different things. You can use the powders. You can also go to hoodooataglance.com and you can find the straight-up herbs that are used to make those powders. Um, not all of the herbs for any given um, condition in life are going to be included in every sachet, but I know people who would rather buy the herbs and grind them up in an herb grinder and make their own combination of herbs. So at hoodooataglance.com, you just look for herbs for job getting and so forth and so on. Then um, you're going to dust those papers. I prefer the sachet, by the way, because it doesn't stain the papers. Herbs can sometimes be a little heavy, but that's just me. Um, and they are well-made sachet will have real herbs in it. So um, you dust the backs of the papers and you draw your um, fingers, your hands or your fingers spread out down the paper lengthwise in what's called wavy snake lines. And just you make those wavy snake lines as you call on uh, your helpers for you know uh, manifestation to occur. May may those who I've called upon for help aid me and having this application be seen. Maybe I, may I go to a physical interview. Maybe I hire for a steady job at good pay. And then you take and tap the paper, and whoof, the sachet powder flies off. And then you're going to put those papers down on your altar. If you want to keep them neat, you can then put a piece of um, glass over them or a plate or something. But some people prefer to let the wax actually fall on them. It's just a matter of style. I prefer a sheet of glass so I can see them, whereas a plate, I wouldn't be able to see them. Then on that glass, um, I would set my candle stand and put, you're going to put um, a triangle of candles. Burning candles on triangle is a very old-fashioned way to work. And you're going to have one candle for the person who sees the application one candle for the person who brings you in for the interview, and then one candle for the job offer. And you can use um, yellow candles for all three, or you can use white for the initial contact, yellow for the interview, where you're going to have the crown of success, and then green for the money, bring me the money. And there's many ways to do it. I would just use three yellow, that's just me. You can dress them all three in a combination, or use those three oils that I saved, the sachets, talk about the same three uh, products as oils, candles, prey on them, and then uh, dust them with the sachet powder. And these are freestanding candles. These are not uh, glass vigil lights, just freestanding candles, very simple and easy to use. I'd want to repeat this and start it up every time I sent out my resumes and applications. Do that, say, if you send those out three times a week, then you're going to be burning those three little small candles three times a week. Pray up their names. If you have the logos of the companies to which you send these, put them in there in the middle, in the middle of the triangle, whether it's, you know, the U.S. government, state government, um, a corporation, or whatever. Every company has some sort of a logo. Every department has a logo in a bureaucracy. Put that logo in there and on the back of it, right, you know, you know, read my application, consider me for an interview, hire me for steady work at a good pay. Okay, so you want three things. So that is what I would do um, as far as doing the kind of work. So um, are there any other um, ideas that people have for something to add to that root work? Yeah, well, I, I do think that... Uh, Go ahead, Conjurman. Go ahead. No, no, please, please go ahead. 
I was just going to say that she might be able to benefit from the free spell um, at the end of the show, so might want to pay attention there. Okay. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I w- the only thing I was going to add is um, if you can get someone to look over your applications, an extra pair of eyes, uh, this really was part of the reading of the idea is to make sure that you're the most attractive candidate possible. One of the things that's happening is that despite there being a really uh, a shortage of workers out there, um, we're also seeing more and more employers look for any excuse to disqualify someone or for not passing their application. It's particularly if you have to do anything regarding the government or any type of paperwork in that regards, please be mindful of that that they're going to look at the paperwork, and if there's anything out of the ordinary or anything that's out of order, they're going to dismiss it. So have an extra pair of eyes, someone that can, that's been gone through this process before who knows it. Just kind of look at it. Uh, you misspelled this. Or, oh, you forgot to fill out this one line. Make sure that you fill out this one line. Oh, you forgot to check mark this. Make sure that you get those extra pair of eyes. It does make a world of difference. And then anything that you have to submit, make sure that you've dusted with sachet powders again. Um, make sure that you flick off any of that excess and then hand it in so that they can physically or dealing with or touching those papers. If you're not turning it in, as a lot of things are online now, you print it out, use that in any sort of candle work, make sure you don't burn it so that you place it underneath anything. As Ms. Kat said, I think you said you prefer glass so that you can see it um, mm-hmm. rather than, than plate. Glass is really good in this instance. Any type of glass holder would be phenomenal here. But then you submit the actual digital copy. You have a physical copy that you do all your magic on. This creates an anchor. I would do this around altar. So set up some type of altar around it that's dedicated to ongoing prosperity, to ensuring that you get a job, ensuring that you get the type of money that you need. So set up that altar, and the application will be just one thing that's on that altar. That's my only recommendation, some minor, like, reminders, like make sure to dust, make sure to print out, and that's it. Yes, and he he brought up something which is, of course, that most times that you no longer turn in an application in person. The application is going to be turned in digitally, so I would use those three oils that I mentioned to dress your hands while using the computer, or if you want to go really full in on it, you can get the incense version, again, of those same things, or make an incense of the herbs that you find online at our free site, whodoitaglance.com. Burn that as an incense on uh, charcoal, or you can add it to any commercial incenses and have and waft that incense around the room when you are submitting the thing. You can, And I want you to have that those three candles burning as you submit it, but do dress your fingertips and... Um, with the oils, okay, that's a that's a very important uh, way to work. Um, I have a strong feeling that having a friend or an insider is going to be a great deal of help to you. So that's yeah, just what I'm yeah, seeing. Yeah. That a mentor, someone who's going yeah. to back you. You can also get Definitely candles. You can also get vigil candles of those three types that I mentioned. You can get those burned at um, a place like CandleMinistry.com or at any one of the chapels um, that burns candles for people in, in vigil lights that you don't have to have them in your home. All right. Good luck to you, Natalie. All right. We're going to be having our... Um, little bit of music. 
The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Now it's time for our free spell segment from Reverend James of folkconjure.com in North Carolina. Take it away, Reverend James. All right, so what we have today is um, what could be called Hu uh, Shan Fu which means basically amulet. Um, So if you've ever seen things like in Japan, um, like the little omamoris, they're kind of like uh, Asian style of a mojo bag. You have like a little little piece of paper in there with um, a special symbol on it, and it's put into a cloth bag and decorated. Um, So what what you're going to need is a one rectangle piece of yellow paper, preferably consecrated, or a white paper dyed with saffron water, which will be consecrated by the saffron. One Chinese character you need to pick out. So um, for our two clients tonight, the xie xie, the double happiness, or um, gui ren, for um, our other one that would like to invite some uh, noble people into their lives, um, you can use either of those um, or any other character that, embodies what you want to draw to you or what you're trying to accomplish. One black pen, preferably consecrated, or brush and ink that are also consecrated. One red pen, preferably consecrated, or a Chinese name stamp or chop if you have one. Or if you have your own um, name in English, if it's red, you can use it as well. Uh, Three candle holders, three red taper household candles to start with two sticks of incense to start with, and one image of a deity who presides over your intent. So either you allow for our uh, love client or um, for our career client, like Wen Chang Wong. Uh, so what we're going to do is, uh, to start off with, I want to caution you to, to not do this type of working, or if you decide to do any of these other styles of divination, uh, you don't want to do them between 11 p.m. and 1 a.m., because that is the time of the day where the Um, energy is shifting. Um, That's the time of the day whenever um, the day pillar, if you're familiar with Chinese astrology, is going to change to a new pillar. Um, So uh, step one would be to start, uh, set up your working area with your deity image in front of you, front and center, elevated above your workspace about eye level. Set two of the red candles on each side of your workspace and one stick of incense in front of the deity image. Make a heartfelt invocation prayer to your deity as you light the incense so that as the smoke wafts about the image, your prayers ride on that smoke to the deity's ears. Stamp your left foot three times. And what this is doing is it's kind of like you're picking up the phone, you're dialing, the, and you're hitting call. And that's you're, you're, you're sending that message that you just um, prayed to, to the deity. Then I want you to take, if you have your moon blocks, or you can, you can even do this with coins, 
um, and, and use the same um, meaning. If you get uh, the weeping pair or the hidden pair, it means uh, that it's not the right time to do the working and that you should try again later to invoke them and start the working again. If you get the laughing pair, that means that they're saying, uh, you kind of need to give a little bit more. So make a few more offerings. You can offer some fruit, some, some uh, pearls or other jewels, offer up more prayers or more lights, etc. And then throw again. And when you finally get the sacred pair or yes, that means that the deity is there and you can continue. What you're going to do at that point is you're going to light the two altar candles. If your intent is more yang, like we talked about, if it is more positive, if it, if it is more action-oriented, hot, uh, quick-moving, etc., cetera, um, you're going to light the left candle first. If it's more yin, if it's more emotional, if it's more passive and subtle, then you want to write, light the right candle first. That's the yin side. If you're using a printed character, you can skip this step. But if uh, you are going to use the pen or the brush and ink, what you're going to do at this point is you're going to draw out on the slip of paper, and you don't have to worry about how it looks. It doesn't have to be perfect. There is uh, examples of what's called cloud writing in many Taoist sects, and that's basically where they make these little squiggly lines that kind of look like the, the edges of clouds, and they no longer really resemble the character anymore. So it's very intuitional, I suppose, uh, would be the best way to put it. So just kind of draw with your intuition this character. <clears throat> and then you're going to use the red pen or your name chop and make a heartfelt prayer of your intention that corresponds with your character and then stamp or write your name on the top third of that piece of paper, above or at the top of the character. Then you're going to repeat that step and you're going to do the same in the center of the paper, in the middle of the character. Then you're going to repeat that step one more time on the bottom third of the paper, below or at the bottom of the character. So you should have three stamps or three lines of your name at the top, middle, and bottom of the paper. At this point, you're going to light your second stick of incense on your work area, pass your, can your third candle through the incense, and then pass your paper through the incense. And then you're going to make a prayer to your deity and ask them to bless these two objects. You're going to set the paper on your workspace under a candle holder and put the third candle, the red candle, in the holder and light it. Check your altar occasionally for the incense or the candle to burn out. Once either or both are done, you can use your moon blocks one more time to check the progress of blessing is going and whether it's complete or not. If weeping or the hidden pair, <clears throat> you did something wrong, you may have offended the deity, Maybe you weren't completely sincere with your request, or the deity thinks that maybe this isn't in your best interest. You can try to perform the spell again from the beginning, or you can throw again. And if you get the laughing pair, it is still in the process of receiving its blessing, in which case you want to light another stick of incense and set another candle on it to burn. You're going to keep checking this at various points, until you get the sacred pair or the yin-yang answer, which means that it's done and it's ready to use. You make your prayer of thanks and departing for your deity, stomp your left foot three times. That's opening, or, you know, typing in the phone, sending the message, and, and hitting send. 
and then you're going to clap three times to cleanse and clear the area. Use this newly created talisman or amulet as an art piece in a new place where it can be of use to whatever your uh, intent is, or fold it and add herbs and use it as a petition paper in a mojo bag. There's countless ways to use it, so be creative. Wow. And you just hit the end music. That is phenomenal. I love I'm so love glad it. I'm so glad you typed that out because that was complicated, but it's all there. It's all there, folks. Um interesting to me about the left side and the right side of the altar, and all I'm gonna say mm-hmm. is those of you who work with hoodoo will be familiar with the idea of upward pointing and downward pointing triangles from the book um, Legends of Incense, Urban Magic, which dates from 1936 and shows how the um, the yin and yang were used in hoodoo in, a, in the form of triangles. Very interesting cultural correlation. All right, we're going to turn this over to Clifford. He's going to bring us our closing announcements, and then we're going to come back. Maybe I'll have a couple of words, and then we'll all say goodnight. So take it away, Clifford. You miss Cat and Conjure, man. Thank you, Reverend James at FolkConjure.com in North Carolina for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest will be Madame Nadia of MadameNadia.com in Chicago, Illinois, bringing us the topic of self-compassion and conjure. Again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Network Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company. You can find Miss Cat via Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjure Man and Conjure Man Consulting in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Clifford Lowe, joining you from cliffloe.com. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Network Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jump Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thank you, everybody, and goodbye. Thank you, everybody. All right, time to get your tickets at the station for getting on board with the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. Yes, it's a ways down the road. It's August 13th and 14th. But remember, we often run out of goodie boxes. These are boxes full of items that will be sent to you to work in the workshops. So in order to make our right number of goodie boxes, we want you to order early because they will be mailed to you. And the price of the goodie boxes is included in the price of the tickets. So this isn't one of your boring Zoom meetings where you just watch people drone on and on and on. This is the one where you open the box and there's all this fabulous stuff inside and then you get to work with it and learn how to do it. So uh, buy your tickets now. HoodooHeritageFestival.com. All, all right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.